0: Welcome to the Shovel Pass, the NFL podcast for those that need that extra hour of football talk to get them over the hump and through the week. I'm Nick Sawyer, and I'm joined weekly by a few of my closest friends, Will Sawyer, Phil Heim, and Chris Heim, as we discuss all things NFL football from the games of the week, surprises, predictions, high performers, not-so-high performers, and anything else that stands out. Thank you for checking us out, and please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. We sincerely appreciate it. Welcome to the Shovel Pass Podcast. I'm Nick Sawyer and I'm sitting here with my good friends Will Sawyer, Phil Heim, and Chris Heim. We are two weeks out of the football season. Last weekend was our first weekend without football and it was weird. I had all this time on my hands. I had a full Sunday to do with what I wanted, what I liked, and I, I had no idea what to do with myself because what I like to do is watch football. So we're in this kind of the lull of the off-season at the moment. There's lots of weird rumors and crazy questions and trades that people want to see happen and everything. But it's a perfect opportunity for us to reflect a little bit and dive into some other cool topics and ideas. So this week, we were inspired by our good friend... Uh, The Rams safety, Eric Weddle, who did something really impressive this year. He uh, came off the couch after two seasons out of the NFL, joined the Los Angeles Rams for their impressive playoff run, and was really impressive himself. He played most of the snaps for that defense. He was leading the team in tackles heading into the Super Bowl. He was uh, tabbed as the play caller for the Super Bowl and unfortunately tore his peck on the first tackle of uh, his first tackle of the game. So as a little parting gift, you get here's your Super Bowl ring and a torn peck. I'm retired again. See ya. It's been a slice. But with that in mind, he inspired us to look back at all of the other players who have retired at one point or another, taken a full season off of football and come back to play in the NFL again. So we're not talking about Brett Favre, here, okay? Not that impressive. He didn't actually retire.
1: I don't know, man. He came to retirement to choose to play for the Jets. That's pretty oh, impressive. Come on, give me a break.
0: <laughs> yeah, Sour Graves <laughs> with the Green Bay Packers. We've we've heard this story before. We're seeing it again with Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk about that later. But no. No Favre, doesn't count. So the question we all was asked to to each other, and we had these these conversations offline briefly to kind of uh, get ready for this, but who was the most impressive comeback out of retirement after taking at least a season off? So if we look back at the list, it's not actually that long. There isn't actually that many players who've done it, but we're each going to take a crack at it. And talk about our favorite or the one that we thought was the most impressive. So, with all that said, there's the intro. How are you, fellas?
1: Hell of an intro. I'm doing great. I'm like you said. I'm a little wacky after uh, no football for a week or two, but I'm sure we'll settle in. We got plenty to talk about. And honestly, like it's the the drama we're getting from these quarterbacks is kind of making up for it. So I'm not too. Uh, it, it feels like we're still back in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Well, that's that's. I mean. This is the slow part of the season, and I mean, look, look. There's lots to talk about, but it's also, um, I mean, there's so much in NFL history, and so many angles you can take on not just this season or last season, or, or you know, their scenario, trade scenarios coming up. Everybody's talking about that, but, anyways, this should be a fun one. So, uh, who wants to go first? So, I mean, if we look at this list of athletes, like there's a lot of there's a lot of guys who've done it. Um, Some of them, let's just like knock them off the list to start. We're not going to be talking about uh, Rolando McClain. Okay? I mean, yeah, he technically took a season off, but not that impressive. Um, I mean, there's a whole bunch that did it back in the day. A lot of these guys, honestly, I've never even heard of until I went through and read about them. But, you know, in the early days of the NFL, there was guys playing a few years, you know, two or three, taking a year off and then coming back. So... Um, I don't see those as the most impressive. We've seen a few more in in sort of the more recent history, but um, Chris, let's start it off with you.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Reggie White. I'm going to pay my uh, my dues to the Minister of Defense, um, yes, Reggie White, who had 198 career sacks in the NFL. And if you add in his uh, USFL totals, uh, how many years did he play? Well, do you know? Two years was it? I think in it was USFL? two years. If you count in his USFL sack totals, his career totals, he has two hundred and twenty-one and a half sacks. Woo! Which he is getting after it. And,
0: if I am not mistaken, is the most all-time. Nobody else has sacked yes. a quarterback that many. It's times. number
1: one. Right. It's number only one, only 20, only Bruce Smith came sacks, at two hundred. Yeah. And the thing about Bruce Smith, I love Bruce Smith. Uh, I think he's a great player. He's one of the best defensive ends ever, one of the best defenders ever, I think. But Bruce Smith got to that 200 sack mark 47 games after it took Reggie White. Sorry, an, an additional 47 games than Reggie uh, Reggie White did. So Reggie White was, was very much... Um, you know, I think the only other defensive lineman you can compare to Aaron Donald or vice versa is Reggie White. I still think I would lean towards Reggie White just for longevity. we have to see Aaron Donald do that still, but it's keeping on topic. Reggie White didn't have a great year back. He uh, retired in 99 uh, after winning defensive player of the year with Green Bay in 98 and then came back in 2000 uh, with Carolina, played 16 games, started all 16. Um, a lot of his numbers uh, were about halved. From the year, his last year in Green Bay, uh, or maybe even less. But he went from having 16 sacks his last season to only five and a half. Um, sorry, last season in Green Bay it's only five and a half in Carolina. But I would argue very much like an Aaron Donald who commands attention. Like Reggie White's pre- mere presence is enough to is enough to alter how games are how, how teams scheme. Right. So the fact that he was still super strong, the fact that he was still able to collapse pockets great pressure. Was very very impressive, and watching some highlights. Well, and how old was he, Chris? Thirty nine. He was. I should have mentioned that he was thirty nine years old when he came back. So thirty nine. And that's what I find remarkable about you guys as you start approaching thirty nine is is. (laughs) Dig it in. Is is the is the fact that he still maintained all that strength and like if you look at any of his highlights from Philadelphia, from Green Bay, from Carolina. He doesn't look like how I would think of as like a modern NFL athlete does today. He still looks like <laughs> an athlete, a strong guy, but he looks like one of those neighborhood dads who just walks around in tank tops, but is the strongest human you know. He right. just lift a car strength. over his head. Exactly. Yeah. So, Old man strength. Reggie White, I would say, um, had a very, very good, uh, all things considered, age 39, coming out of retirement season as a defensive lineman. Which, I mean, back in the halcyon days of 2000, well, that no one did that.
2: Th- this That's is 22 it. This is years ago. Guy.
1: 22 yeah, so years ago. 22 years ago. But I, I remember Tom looking just before began. the Super Bowl with uh,
2: Whitworth playing for the Rams at yeah. 40. And, and someone had mentioned, uh, like, what's more impressive, uh, Brady playing the way he's playing at 44 or Whitworth playing in the Super Bowl at 40 as an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And I looked up how frequently that's happened and i think there's only uh like one other O lineman that has even played at a reasonable level to the age of 40 and like the it, the list was so small of big guys that play that long so the fact that reggie white was playing and and got five and a half sacks like that's not nothing well what do guys
0: get paid this like in 2022 to get five and a half sacks
1: dude just Clowney for most of his career hasn't even broken double digits and still made millions yeah so (laughs) but that's a great point though chris and let's talk about what a badass way it was to retire in the first place you won your second depot to cap off what everyone would have said was already even at that point he already had 190 sacks was already the career leader in sacks and said, hey, "I'll come back and try to get 200, and put that record a little out of reach." But unfortunately, yeah, he came, you know, two sacks shy of uh, breaking the 200 barrier first. But what, a, what, a, what a bad ass to retire in the first place.
0: Well, that's it. At 37 years old, he won Defensive Player of the Year. 37.
1: Unbelievable. Just let that sink Insane. in for a second.
0: That's crazy. In 1998. Like, this is. <laughs> 25
2: when, years ago. When most ago. big guys' careers were over when they were 32. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, this is back in the... the. the you got to think about this. This is back in the era when, if you blew your ACL, your career was over.
2: Mm-hmm. And there wasn't many guys who came back were from... Legal.
0: What's that? <laughs> yeah. And when yeah. crackback blocks were legal. Right. And cut blocks. And all
1: yeah. of that stuff. But again, it's, yeah. it's just the sheer power. And like, when you look at Reggie White on film, obviously he's the strongest guy in the field, but... What's underrated is still how quick he is. Like, he gets around. He dips around the tackle so fast. And I didn't see him lose that that much in, in Carolina when I was looking at highlights. He wasn't quite as fast as when he was tearing it up in Green Bay, winning Super Bowls and Depoys, but he was still pretty damn quick. He was still pretty good at, at getting past the uh, tackles and then, you know, stopping a lot, the running back at the line of scrimmage, right? So, yeah, yes, yeah at 39 in that era, I, I, I say Reggie White had a pretty impressive one.
0: Okay, yeah, it's pretty impressive. And, and just for the, just for the listeners, the way we, di- we didn't define most impressive but I, I, the way the question was worded is most impressive and we're just all gonna kind of make our case but it's impossible that there's no apples to apples here. All these guys played at different times and, and different ages so that that all goes into it but um, yeah Reggie coming back at 39 years old to, to do what he did is, is really fucking impressive. So, okay. Awesome. Um, hmm. Who's next? Will, Phil? Let's, uh, let's go with Will. I'll jump Yeah, go with Will.
2: Because I'm also going to pick Pass Rusher. Oh. Uh, I, I I can't not pick Ed Too Tall Jones as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I mean, irrespective of, of my my team, uh the fact that he retired and came back in post-retirement, he went to three Pro Bowls, was uh, All-Pro second team twice, and first team once. I, I don't know that anyone else on this list has a post-retirement uh, achievement like that.
0: So how old was he, though, when he and came back? So, Yeah, that's crazy. So they,
2: I, I, I get this, and um, so he retired after he was 27 years old. Mm. He spent the season off when he was 28. Uh, went into pro boxing. He has a professional wow. boxing record of six and zero with five knockouts. Some Greg Hardy yeah, numbers no there. Five
0: knockouts. Oh yeah. my gosh! Okay, so <laughs> a little more impressive than Frank Gore's foray into the, the boxing world this time. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. that bit. was a little <laughs>
2: underwhelming. <laughs>
0: I mean, I mean,
2: he he wasn't he wasn't fighting for championships or anything like that. But um, he he had an impressive foray into pro boxing. Uh, interestingly enough, he actually said that boxing has always been his favorite sport, and uh, and he wanted to pursue it because it was his favorite sport. So, in spite of being uh, an all time football player, it's not his favorite sport. Um, So he took a year off and he pursued his passion, um, knocked a few guys out and came back at 29 years old. But this guy was a freak of nature. He was six foot nine. And
0: yeah, he was too tall. My goodness. (laughs) He was,
2: he was. And, and everything that they said about uh, Javon curse when he came into the league with his wingspan, Man, like I don't know, I don't know how those two guys' wingspans compare, but I'm pretty sure Ed Tutal has has him beat. It was crazy watching him move around the field and the length of his arms. He would just reach around tackles and halfway across the the tackle box to grab the quarterback. <laughs> Uh, and 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 he had a few great highlights, knocking passes down. Because who's going to be able to throw over him? You know. Oh. So uh, his his post retirement career. So he ended up playing um, until he was thirty four years old. And another thing that I want to highlight that's incredibly impressive. Post-retirement, he comes back. He never missed a single game. That's unbelievable. For For a big guy playing in the 70s and 80s in the trenches, and he didn't miss a game.
1: Probably the ugliest era of football to be in the trenches was the 70s and 80s. The meanest, dirtiest, most vicious players probably played in that era.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm i with you there because um, pro football was was taking off where you were getting um, more uh, freak of nature athletes than maybe what you're getting in, in the early, early days of football. It was kind of hitting that high point, but it was before all the protective gear kind of came in and all the rules mm-hmm. started helping players stay healthy. So that, that 70s and 80s, that was, that was a rough time. What yeah, is time to play football? Yeah, you know, no pass interference rules, no crackback rules. No
0: oh, I saw somebody. No blocks, yeah, somebody so. tweeted out the other a few days ago who was the hardest hitter of all time, and all these guys dropping in like Brian Dawkins and like you know Bob Sanders and like I mean listen, I'm not Colonel, not to say these guys didn't didn't you know um, really. Lay some, lay some wood. But uh, if you, you, you know, you're ignoring like this entire era of guys in the '70s and '80s, and Jack Tatum, and like even if you Love go one. back further, Dick Butkus, like some of these guys. You're playing in an era where there were no rules, <laughs> oh, where guys got decapitated. Yeah,
1: yeah so
0: Ronnie Lot was. Ronnie Lott, exactly. Crazy. John Lynch.
1: Mel like, Blunt changed the game. Mel Blunt, yeah, he. he oh, I didn't pass even, Interference.
0: Right. <laughs> Mel Blunt. I didn't even mention that guy. Anyways. Um. Yeah, too tall. Oh, and I. Okay, so for interest's sake, I just looked it up. Ed, too tall Jones had a wingspan of 81 inches. And unfortunately. <laughs> Javon Curse had a wingspan of 86 inches.
1: Oh, Jesus, <laughs> my goodness! I mean
2: that that's super impressive, dude. I, I knew yeah. I knew Javon Curse. Like he was called the freak for a reason. Yeah, it was a very good <laughs> reason.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it,
2: it, his hands went down to his knees. It, it was crazy too. Um, but yeah, yeah, just seeing Ed two tall's length. Uh,
0: Super, I mean that's wild. Six wild. foot nine and six foot nine playing in the era that he played. Like nobody was six foot nine back then.
2: Mm-hmm. No.
0: I mean, hell, nobody's six foot nine right now. What other player <laughs> in the NFL is six foot nine right now? Oh,
1: no, but yeah. he's on his way, way out. He's on his way out because he's just Taylor. Taylor's oh, like six six, like, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah six, six, nice. maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's six, that's maybe. That's yeah. yeah I was gonna say
2: six six, six seven, and and he was tall. He was very six seven.
1: I don't know. I'm just saying he was very tall. No, he was 6'6. There you go. Was he really? Yeah, yeah Jason Taylor, 198. He's a centimeter taller than me. That's the number that I wanted because it looks perfect on a football kind of like stat card. 6'6 is the perfect height. Anything more than that is too tall. But 6'6 is the perfect height. And I was one centimeter off of that, so Jason got me there. Any Are you six, cards, You're I'm almost 6'6, six, six, dude? 197 centimeters. So not quite where Jason's at or, you know, oh, the other guys. I mean, that's not the only thing keeping him. You know, I'm and so not, jealous. So. <laughs> I'm
0: so jealous. My my claim to my claim to, to height is like I'm I'm you know that close to being six <laughs> one.
1: <laughs> uh, trust me, it's it's even more infuriating when you're that close from being six six, man. It's the perfect number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I I had to rely on other things. <laughs> I was not I was not Brock Osweiler looking over the offensive line. <laughs> all right phil you're up so ed too tall jones so you know, actually the one last thing i'll say about him so he retired early he did the little michael jordan like i'm gonna follow my passion and and play another sport impressive much much more impressively than michael jordan i might add and uh and then came back to play football for a bunch of years so i, I gotta say that is that is pretty darn impressive um, I don't know. That's tough. Too tall, and uh, and Reggie White. I don't. I don't think we're gonna crown a winner here. I think this is all just all just you know good conversation. But all right, Phil,
1: who you got? So I'm gonna stick with the theme of uh, in light of Eric Weddle of uh, banged up players who came back to chase a ring. Um, and initially, I would have went to Randy Moss as a former Patriot, but he didn't really have the biggest bang in San Francisco, as you so rightly play it out there, Nikki. So I'm going to go with another former Pat, uh, this one by the name of Rob Eugene Gronkowski. Don't know if that's actually his <laughs> middle name, but I'm going to assume it is. But anyways, my boy Gronk uh, obviously retired after 2018 season, went out a champion, retired, then came back and became a champion yet again, uh, and had a pretty good season throughout too. Uh, he played all 16 games, started all 16 games, but obviously he was third, fourth, uh, option in that offense they didn't need him to be the Gronk of old but that doesn't mean he didn't still produce he had over 600 yards uh not the, not a, not a, not a huge amount but again considering he had 45 catches uh pretty good and 4 and 7 of those catches went for touchdowns too pretty good Gronk numbers and then this this coming year around in 2021 he did even better. He had a better uh, average catch uh, rate at 14.6 yards per catch. Six touchdowns, 800 yards. Was on pace for well over a thousand if he didn't uh, miss four games due to injury and also be on a limited snap count. But wow. this guy came back and again, just like he has his entire career, the stats themselves are impressive, absolutely. But if if they don't tell they don't tell the whole picture of his dominance when he was on the field. In 2020 and 2021, he was the Gronk of old. He was not old, banged-up, slow Gronk in 2017-18, who, by the way, still produced. 2017 Gronk still had 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Not bad by any metric. But this guy is still on the field, unlimited snap counts, produced at a high level, not far off his career averages as far as receiving yards uh, per catch and stuff like that. So he still absolutely killed it. And not to mention, like Eric Weddle, won a ring his first year back in his home stadium. Can't do much better than that. And the good thing, too, with, with Gronkowski is, He's only 32. He can still play as long as he wants to or as little as he wants to, and he's still the greatest tight end of all time. If I were him, I would come back to make sure I got 100 touchdowns and 10,000 yards receiving. He's not far away from either. That's at most a season and a bit of work, and then you're good to go right off in that sunset. I would personally love to see Gronk go to San Francisco, uh, join George Kittle there, and really kind of be an awesome and power running. And, but think about that offense too. You got George Kittle and Rob and Gronkowski paving the way for Depot Samuel and any other running back you decide to get, and not to mention both those guys are immediately your best red zone options too. But anyways, I digress. I think that uh, as
2: far and, as and as Trey Lance. Uh, I mean, and you Trey see Lance. Yeah, power, yeah. tight end, end uh, systems can really help a quarterback out. Power exactly. And then you, you put Trey Lance's running ability, Debo Samuels running ability
1: behind the line of scrimmage. George there. exactly. And Ooh. George Kittle is a young George a young Gronk, but Gronk is still the best blocker in the game at tight end.
0: No, he's not. At 30, don't I don't think so. 30 is the, the
1: better blocker? Yes,
0: but, 100%. Gronk yeah. was not that impressive blocking this year, okay? Don't I don't know, man.
1: Like. We got to watch the film there. I'm no, just saying Gronk yeah. can move people. He used to move people. Yeah. Now he, he just still moves can out, move out of people. the way. He didn't, he didn't No, no, that's the thing with him. That's why that's why his that's why his game ages well with him. With Gronk, the physicality will like he can still move people physically. It's more like the catching that breaks him down, which is why was why he was on a limited catch and snap count in general these past few years. But yeah, no, it's just like as far as impact to winning a ring. You talk about Gronk, who throughout the regular season was a little quieter. Again, only seven t- only seven touchdowns. Great production from any tight end, but he had two touchdowns in that Super Bowl against the the Chiefs. Let's not forget that either. Oh, right? So, listen, I, as far I agree as with you. He yeah, looked.
0: He looked great the last two years. I I, want, I don't want to harp on age too much because I I know I mentioned it with Tootal Jones, um, and and Reggie White as as sort of, um, you know, too Tall with a little asterisk maybe, and Reggie White, how impressive it is at his age. But age doesn't tell the whole story, and in Gronk's case, I think we've all seen him age uh, at a at a much faster pace than. You know, most other guys that are... He was an old
1: 29 injured. when he retired, oh, that's for that's sure. It.
0: At 29 years old, he, he was, was 25. old. 25. Like, yeah. he had had more injuries than most guys have in their entire career. How many times did he have back surgery? And he had... His forearm was messed up for Exactly. Forever and his knees and his legs. Like, the dude has, has been put through the ringer. He plays a physical... You know, he's a, he's a big dude. He's been taken down hard a bunch of times. And, and people used to go low on him was the only way you could really tackle him so yeah 32 is he's a much older 32
1: than a lot and to them. put that and to put that in perspective too i think i might have mentioned before but he's the exact same age as travis kelsey and travis kelsey has easy five more years of production at this current level before he really barring injury before he falls off a cliff we can expect Travis Kelsey, to keep, not maybe five years, but the next three years probably he can still produce at a high level. And Travis Kelsey is the same right. age as Gronk, although right. Travis has a long way to go. He's already got more catches than Gronk does, and uh, 200 fewer receiving yards and about 40 fewer touchdowns. So he's got a long way to go to, to catch up on Gronk, even if he does keep playing. That yeah, That's how dominant he's been.
0: The thing I'll say about Kelsey is he plays a different style. He, does not, he doesn't unlock as much. He's a possession and I think. You mentioned that the catching breaking him down. I think the blocking breaks these guys down too. Like when you're a tight end and you're taking on D lineman, like it's one thing for a 300 300 plus pound offensive lineman to be doing it, play in and play out. But when you're Gronk and you're like, you know, as tall, but you don't have nearly as much on your frame, right? You're 250, 260. It's It's a different type of blocking. You're doing more moving. You are taking the hits when you're catching the passes. Like, I just think that the blocking wears them down as well. And Kels, honestly, Kelsey doesn't do a whole lot of that. He goes out and catches the passes. The other thing too, is he's more agile than, um, Gronk. Gronk's not a juker. He's not going to make guys miss. He's not going to go down. Kelsey doesn't take a whole lot of big hits. I don't know. That's my impression. Gronk takes yeah, 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 a I mean, lot I, of big hits. I would
2: hits. say it's, um, almost regardless of agility. I mean, I don't, entirely disagree with you but Gronk plays uh, physically in in the way that Earl Campbell played a different kind of he running seeks back.
0: Out contact. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Gronk most of his career has has sought out contact and punished defenses. Oh,
0: he gets physically. off on like getting in people's oh, yeah. faces and and like stiff arms to the ground. Right. <laughs> which which is a tough it's a tough way to run. I see the same thing happening with Kittle right now. Like, Kittle is an old 27-year-old. Like, he's headed down the same road, and, you know, he's on a big contract, or he's going to be on a big contract, and the Niners have a decision to make as to how they they handle that. But I could see him having – he's already having issues staying on the field. So um, he may have to adjust how he's playing. But, yeah, seeing – so to your point, Phil, seeing those two guys on the same team would be just my, like – Niner wet dream. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, all right. So I, sorry, Will. Did you you want to finish your thought there? Did I take take the wind out of your sails there? No, not at okay. all. All right.
2: I was done. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> I'm just getting all jacked up here. I missed you guys two weeks, and we didn't, We didn't. I didn't have any people to talk football with. My wife was starting to get sick of me. Um, oh, all right, man, you weren't you weren't
2: talking detailed, uh, you know, football schemes with your kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm I'm trying, but they they don't. Yeah, they have the, the the attention span of a knot right now. So it's you know, I I try to tell my wife about this stuff, and yeah, when it comes to football, their attention span is about the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I had a tough, I had a tough one, so I kind of got a one A 1A and a one B as far as impressive returns to football. So, well, I'll, you know, I won't take too long on either one, but um, we got two of them. So, um, listen, Randall Cunningham did it, and he, so he, like, he played in the eighties. His career started in nineteen eighty five. Um, I don't want to give everybody a history lesson because we all know who Randall Cunningham is. He played for ten years and then retired. And he was not old when he retired. He was 32 years old when he retired. He took one season off in 1996. And then he got coaxed out of retirement to go play for Minnesota in uh, 1997 at 34 years old. And he was okay he actually didn't play a whole lot in 1997 i think he got called in you know called back into action near the uh you know second half of the season but in 1998 he was the full-time starter for the minnesota vikings at the age of 35 and as luck would have it in another player on this list's first year randy moss so cunningham gets to play with Randy Moss in his rookie year. And we all know what Randy Moss did in his rookie year. Tore it up. No, so, yeah. So Randall Cunningham had a spectacular season. He threw for 3,700 yards in 1998, which is really impressive. The game has changed everyone. Nobody was throwing for 5,000 yards in 1998. He threw for 34 touchdowns, eight interceptions, um, he got votes for MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and Will. Did I miss anything there?
2: Uh, he was Pro Bowl and first team All Pro. Yeah. But he also led the league in quarterback rating. You know, sorry, in passer rating that year right. as well.
0: 106. So, I mean, that's impressive. And at 35 years old, and, and in 1998, 35 years old was pretty fucking old. Cool. For a quarterback. You know, John Elway played on and and looked like a cripple when he was thirty seven. <laughs> I mean he was still good. He won he won two Super Bowls and then walked off into the sunset, but he if you remember him walking around walking back to the huddle, the <laughs> guy didn't move too good. <laughs> Guys didn't play until their late thirties and forties in nineteen ninety eight. So to do that at thirty five years old is really damn impressive. Um, but not to be outdone is prime time, Mr. Dion Sanders. And the reason I think prime was so impressive is that he took three years off. This dude retired in 2000 at the age of 33, retired, took three years off, and then decided to come back and play. At the age of 37, for the Baltimore Ravens, and was more than a serviceable starter. He was really good. His stats actually were not all that different than um, the year he, you know, the year before he retired, or his stats when he was playing for the Cowboys. So he, uh, hold on, I just lost it here. He played 16 games. He didn't start all of them. He had two. So over the two seasons that he came back and played at age 37 and 38 for the Baltimore Ravens, he had three interceptions in 2004, two interceptions in 2005. He returned one for a touchdown in 2004. And he had five passes defensed in both seasons, which, you know, actually isn't is actually pretty good. So it doesn't sound like a lot. But
1: Hey, man, to come oh, up at yeah. a corner and play at 37, 38, like at that old, like at corner, one of the positions where we just saw Eli Apple get exposed routinely in the playoffs, like where young men are getting exposed out there, right? Like that's not an easy thing to do, to keep up with those guys at that age and still, I well, mean, that's and it. still have picks. Like that's pretty impressive.
0: For, for a position that requires the, the speed, not just speed, but acceleration, closing speed, to be and doing, doing that at 37, speed, exactly. 38 years old, yeah, recovery speed. I mean that—that's something. And I mean, we all we've, we've all heard the rumors of Dion's four-two forty sub four-two forty in, in the combine when he got drafted. Like, I don't know how you know how much to believe that, but that's the legend. So, I mean, we we know the guy was fast, but yeah, to to, to maintain that speed into your late thirties, we've all seen the guys. That went from playing corner and having that speed to then playing safety in the later parts of their career because it was better suited to somebody who was perhaps losing a step. Um, and Dion never did. They could that make now.
2: up with more with their with their head. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
2: But but even still, like playing anywhere on the defensive back end, uh, I I would say is probably the most susceptible position to falling off physically due to speed. Absolutely. That's why they move guys to safety. Even receivers can kind of change their style and become a little bit more of a slot possession receiver, run shorter, quicker routes, and just play zones. uh, That's really
1: hard as a corner. Yeah, corners get moved to yeah. They get moved to safety. They get moved to different positions.
0: Exposed and falling off, like falling off a cliff. Like this guy is, it's as it is. Even if you're in your prime, it's um, in 2022. It's a notoriously, uh, I don't know what the right word is, up and down position. Like you have guys that are getting cut and then turning around and getting signed and having you know top 10 in the league type seasons. So, um, yeah, it's not an easy, it's an, it's a, it's a very difficult position to maintain that high level of play year in and year out on a consistent basis, even in your prime. So to do it at 37, 38 years old, it's just, you know, blows my mind. But again, this is the guy that played major league baseball and football at the same time. So are we really that <laughs> shocked? <laughs> this guy isn't human.
1: He really yeah, isn't. I, I bet mean,
0: he'd come back and play that's right now.
1: That's <laughs> insane. <laughs> well, the Leon really Sanchez stuff. I was hoping that we'd sometimes come back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh. Anyways, all right. I mean, that's that's it. Uh, that the guys we talked about today are basically the list. Like the impressive list. There's other guys that have done it. And we went through some of them. I mean, Marshawn Lynch did. It ah, It was okay, but he retired when he was still fairly young. And when you got Frank Gore playing into his late 30s, it's not that impressive when, as a running back, you take a year off, and then you come back, and you do okay when you come back. So I, I wouldn't put him up there. Um,
2: Jason Witten did it at 37, 38 years old, but he really didn't do a whole lot with his time back yeah. i mean he got 500 yards when he was 37 it's a, he years was old,
0: impressive but definitely but it's good it's good um, nobody was gonna call him you know one of the best you could definitely tell that he was you know a role player and and a supporting cast so um impressive no doubt the most impressive i don't think so
1: no no yeah, just realized that he wasn't, uh, what's it called? <laughs> he wasn't uh, fit for the broadcast booth, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well,
0: yeah, that was less than impressive, his foray into broadcasting. Anyways, all right, that was awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. And uh, let's do this again in a couple of weeks.
1: Absolutely.